Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by my colleague and esteemed co-host Jamie D'Amico. We are proud members of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. You can find us on all of your major podcasting platforms, including by telling your uh, your Google or your Alexa to uh, play the Buffalo Rumblings podcast. And guess what, Jamie? You do that. You get to hear our voices each and every week talking about the Buffalo Bills. Sounds pretty good to me. I can't get enough of hearing my own voice, and I'm sure nobody else can either. So, yeah, I'm listening on Alexa and anywhere else I get my quality podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, we added one to the family last week. Want to give a shout out to Steve Vega, who's doing Buff Hub. Uh, I had a I had the privilege of being on his podcast before he was brought into the Buffalo Rumblings family. The guy is good. Give him a listen. We're we're fans over here. Yeah, Jamie was uh, definitely touting Steve's uh, abilities, and uh, it was great to have him join our podcasting family. Again, you can listen to all of the Rumbling podcasts, including Steve Vega, who does a great job in his most recent one talking about why Josh Allen is not just going to be an average quarterback, why he's going to elevate his play in 2020, a topic that we have covered pretty extensively here on Believe. And, uh, you know, Jamie, we're talking about topics that have been covered. And this week really seemed like it brought together uh, two realities for Buffalo Bills fans. There were the fans who love their team and want the Bills to win. And then there were the fans who want the Bills to win at any cost. And these two groups kind of came to a head with the decision of Thursday's opt-in, opt-out deadline as it relates to Trey White, Tredavious White, the all-pro cornerback. Uh, there was a lot of consternation on social media about Trey White, whether he was going to play uh, this year, whether he was going to opt out of the uh, 2020 season. And Bills fans can breathe a sigh of relief. Trey White is back. He's going to play in 2020, and it's great news uh, for the Bills and for their secondary. Before we dissect the impact, uh, Jamie, that his return is going to have, I just want to get your thoughts because I was sickened by some of the feedback that was on social media about Tredavious White and the opt-out decision. People were chastising him for potentially not playing, and I didn't realize this until the story came out, but his, uh, his girlfriend's grandpa actually passed away from COVID earlier last week. So that puts everything into context that fans should not be armchair quarterbacking what their players do when it comes to their health and safety. Uh, We really saw some of the ugliness of the Bills Mafia, a side that I was hoping didn't really exist, but it's out there. And my God, you know, 
Here's my message to the people that were, as you said, chastising him. Do you want the guy to leave Buffalo? He's going to be a free agent in a couple years at the most. Do you, do you want him to go somewhere else where he feels more appreciated, where people are more understanding of decisions he's making on what's best for his family? Like, Because that's what you're doing. You're forcing the guy out the door by being assholes. So you know what? When it comes to somebody else's health decisions and their family decisions, stay Stay the hell out of it. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah, he decided to opt in. That's great. Um, maybe it was a a contract negotiation ploy, but that's very unlikely. So you know what? Check yourself. That's that, that's all I have to say. Check yourself. I agree, Jamie. And I feel like again, not knowing everything. Trey White's got two young girls. His again, his girlfriend's grandpa passed away from COVID. And but even if even if those things didn't happen, it's his prerogative. And in all of this, the safety and well being of the players and taking care if they the Bills have been widely lauded for being one of the best franchises when it's come to COVID-19 preparations. They were one of the first teams to get their plan in place for testing, for doing the protocols, and for making sure that the facilities were safe when the players returned. But in all of that, there still are a lot of uncertainties. You're going to finally have these players coming together for padded practices, and we'll see what happens with numbers once they get to hitting one-on-one drills and being on the practice field. But I just I don't know. I I was very I was I was shocked and 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 then again not shocked because social media brings out the worst of humanity, but doesn't it? Dude, it's a necessary evil. Like I I like to stay connected to Bills fans. I like to read the news, but then you read stuff and it's just like you're ashamed to call some of these members on Twitter uh members of Bills Mafia. But I will say I was proud of the legions of fans who came, not that Trey needed this, but there were so many fans that came to his defense on social media calling out the lunacy of armchair quarterback saying that Trey White should be out there and should jeopardize his family's safety. People came out and were defending him and saying that the people who were criticizing him were wrong. It was great to see that because Bill's Mafia did really step up. And there's no way that anybody would fault any of these players. You know, Starla Tuale and uh, EJ Gaines, the defensive tackle and the cornerback, are the only two Bills who have opted out of the 2020 season. The Bills are fortunate that their numbers aren't higher. But at the end of the day, Everybody knows this season is going to be played with whoever wants to play, and you're not going to have a full deck. So I guess, look, I want the Bills to win. I want the Bills to go win the AFC East, win their first Super Bowl, but not at the, if Trey White were to come down with this and pass it on to one of his kids or his family members – it's just not worth it to me. Here, here. So I know it's kind of a dumb, obvious statement out there, JB, but I got really riled up by seeing that stuff on social media. Now let's get to the on-field impact. If Trey White had opted out, let's just talk about a little bit. This would have been a devastating blow for the Buffalo Bills and their secondary, which was already, again, without the services of EJ Gaines, who's expected to compete for depth. Uh, it was widely thought that Josh Norman and Levi Wallace had that the the leg up, if you will, for the number two cornerback job. But if Trey White had opted out, now you're talking about looking at Levi Wallace or Josh Norman getting pressed into the one, into the starting cornerback role, taking on the league's playmakers at wide receivers. That was a thought to focus on football that definitely had me feeling nervous and apprehensive. I was 
trembling in fear thinking about the possibility that Levi Wallace is the number one corner because we don't know if those guys are viable number twos, let alone number one cornerbacks in, in the NFL. So, you know, it helps that the Bills have one of the best safety tandems in the NFL. Uh, Micah Hyde and, and Jordan Poyer are absolutely outstanding and, you know, got to tip our cap to the front office for bringing those guys in. But we would have seen the Bills playing almost exclusively in zone defense because really Josh Norman can't play man-to-man anymore, which he proved in Washington last over the past couple of years, as a matter of fact. So they would have been exclusively running a zone scheme, and you actually can't run an effective zone when the opposing offense really spreads spreads out, goes five wide. There's just too many soft spots in the zone. You have to match up man-to-man. It, it could have gotten very ugly for the defense. I'm so happy Trey is back because that was not a, a defense that I was looking forward to watching. They would have had to rely way too much on the pass rush and on the safeties, and it just would not have been a good defense. It would have been uh, definitely a monumental blow for sure to the defense to have Trey White opt out of the season. And look, Josh Norman, I I think the guy's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's coming to a very good situation, reunited with his former head coach, Sean McDermott. Uh, He's got a major, major chip. He wants to prove that he's not. I mean, he was riding the pine for a mediocre Washington football team last year down the stretch at corner that could have used, was in desperate need of cornerback help, and he wasn't good enough to play. But again, they had him playing in a scheme and a system that wasn't suited to his strengths in this zone type setting where he doesn't have to match up man to man one-on-one. I think Josh Norman is going to have a bit of a resurgence in, in 2020, just not looking forward to having it being as the CB two or possible CB one for this Buffalo bills defense, which you're right, Jamie, part of the reason fans got so worked up over Trey white is the pieces are all there. We've talked about this all off season. The pieces are there for the Buffalo Bills to contend now. This isn't a thing where, oh, well, they've got a couple of exciting young guys on defense and the running back looks good and maybe they can score enough points. No, the pieces are all there. Buffalo, in my opinion right now, is number three in the AFC behind the Chiefs and the Ravens. I think they're right up. I think they're better overall talent-wise than the Tennessee Titans. I feel they're better than the other teams that are chasing at their heels to try to overtake them in the AFC hierarchy. And I think only the Chiefs and the Ravens are better. And I give the Bills, the Bills have closed the gap, I think, on the Ravens dramatically. And with the Chiefs, there's always kind of a Super Bowl letdown, especially in this most unorthodox of seasons, like you just don't know, which is why the fact that Buffalo has so many of the same players or they brought in people that know the system as free agents, that should give Buffalo a huge leg up with that continuity. Absolutely. And they were very intelligent considering that they were, were bringing in players that had experience within the system, shortening that learning curve, flattening the curve as we've been saying for the past five months. Uh, and and that that's going to be a huge advantage over a team that is bringing in, say, 11 new draft picks and trying to get production out of them. Usually draft capital is an amazing thing to have and you want to bring in the young players. Well, the Bills brought in the old players, guys that know how to work within the system, and it's going to pay dividends, I think, at least early in the season. Without, a, without the preseason games in a truncated uh, preseason schedule, 
you're you're going to see some sloppy football early in the season, especially from the younger teams, especially with teams that have yet to uh, to really gel with each other. I think it's going to take a solid month. I think we're going to be in October before it goes back to looking like the NFL. But I think Buffalo's going to. Buffalo's going to round off those rough edges a little earlier than other teams because of the experience that they've got. And obviously, McDermott, Bean, they've they've shown that they like veteran players. Those veterans are the ones, I tell you, Jamie, that don't have to have much of an adjustment to, to the on-field product. And, you know, yes, it's going to mean that fewer undrafted rookie free agents make this roster. But let's truth be told – there are several NFL talent level players on this roster that are going to be cut because there's just not enough room. There's not enough roster space on the 53 man. You're going to have, and we'll talk about this. One of our future pods is going to be doing a predicting the 53 man roster and who's going to get cut, who's going to be on the outside looking in, but there's NFL quality talent on the defensive line. And in the wide receivers in particular that are going to be cut due to the numbers crunch. So that's not going to bode very well at all for a Trey Adams, who is fascinating uh, with his physique, but has not been able to stay healthy in his career to make the team. It's not going to bode well for, you know, some of the younger uh, drafted receivers, you know, Isaiah Hodgins and Gabriel Davis, how many of them can make the roster when you don't know the system compared to like an Andre Roberts or an Isaiah McKenzie who has a familiarity with Buffalo and their offense and their schemes. It's going to lead to some very interesting number crunching by the time the 53 man rosters are due by September 5th. So it's a good problem to have, right? To, to have so much talent that you're letting go of NFL caliber players. We haven't seen a lot of that over the past 20 years. Oh my God, Jamie, we've been waiting for this problem, you know, forever where it's like, oh, we have, we have too much talent. We have to get rid of guys because we don't have the the roster space. I think it's a great, you're right. It's a great problem to have. And it's definitely something that should serve and bode the bills well moving forward in, uh, in 2020, because you just don't know what else is going to happen health wise. You know, people, this isn't it. This isn't the end of players coming down with COVID. It's only the beginning. And that's why depth and versatility is just so important. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Kind of segueing to our uh, second half of our topic here on the podcast is the offensive line. And we did a really nice breakdown on John Feliciano, the starting right guard. He tore his pec muscle while working out a harmless injury. He's out for two, three, four months. And that kind of put a monkey wrench in Buffalo's plans to return all five of their starters on the offensive line. You mentioned earlier that Brandon Bean is a very shrewd general manager. I give it up to Bean for working more of his magic by signing Brian Winters, the former New York Jets uh, starting right guard. They brought in somebody who I think is just as good, if not a tad better, than John Feliciano to step in and to assume the starting right guard duties. And they do it at a very team-friendly contract. I believe it's a $3 million contract that Winters signed, a one-year deal, $2 million guaranteed. And by releasing Spencer Long, 
it's basically taking a wash on the cap hit. You get someone who can step in and start right away in Brian Winters. To me, Jamie, I think this move was a slam dunk no-brainer, and I'm so happy that Brandon Bean was able to pull this off to to bring in a replacement for the O-line. The timing was absolutely incredible on that because, I mean, what are the chances that a guy like Winter comes available precisely when one of your players at the same position gets injured. Now, taking a look at Winter, he's not he's not going to be an all-pro, but he's a quality starter. He was probably the best offensive lineman on that dismal Jets line. And this is a guy that's got good feet. He can get to the second level, lay some blocks. He's an excellent hand fighter. Now, one of the downsides is that he can get pushed backward uh, on occasion, and you know he doesn't necessarily lock onto his blocks for a long period of time. That said, he's a strong dude. He's good in pass protection. He's very good at passing off um, his blocking assignments to his uh, to to his teammates to the left and the right, depending on what's happening with the the stunts and where the defensive linemen are going. I really like the signing. I, I think that he's going to be the best guard on this team. Uh, he's going to be better than Quinton Spain. I, I am going to put that out there right now. I, I think that if if Feliciano can come back uh, full strength within, you know, uh, by midseason, we may see Feliciano and Winters as the two starters and it be Quinton Spain that's riding the bench. We'll see. Another good problem to have, having too many quality guards uh, on the offensive line. I liked your use of hand fighting to describe Brian Winters. He has extremely fast hands. Uh, He can really get out there. And rather than grabbing at the defensive linemen and uh, the players that are trying to bull rush the the quarterback, he's really good at, at, at punching them and being very efficient you know, with his hand position, which allows him to be, again, uh, he's able to ward off spin moves. He's able to uh, make sure that the players aren't able to, uh, you know, he engages them for a longer period of time than, say, your normal type guard out there. And I just, I love his fast hands. I know he can get pushed off and can be a little bit slippery when it comes to his, uh, his blocking abilities, but I think Brian Winter's was a phenomenal, tremendous heads-up signing. And here's the other thing, Jamie, that people need to consider too. The fact of where he's coming from with his free agency. He's coming from the New York Jets, who technically you know play in New Jersey, but the quarantine rules, I don't think they apply um, to Brian because it's not like he was coming from the San Francisco 49ers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, states where you'd have to quarantine for two weeks and get behind on your development. I believe Winters will be able to step in almost right away once he learns a playbook and there won't be that quarantine delay. I never thought of that. That's a great point. Yeah. Whoa, mark it for the record books. I had a great point here on the podcast. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I didn't think about that. I, I got nothing. It, you're just you just blew my mind with your intelligence and insight. Well, thank you, Jamie. I try to to bring something to the table here for our Bills fans on Bill Leave. And <laughs> I I just love it. I love the signing. I think that there again, there's not gonna be a major adjustment process uh for Brian Winters. And also the thing is you know, he, he's going to come in right away. And even though he might not be the most, you know, physically gifted, he does get bull rushed a little bit because again of his, his size, but he's athletic. He can hold his own. He can pull really well down the field in the second level. And I feel like he's able to, to, to block pretty well on the move too. It's not like he's a liability in the downfield blocking. So 
I mean, you're talking about at this stage of the season, Jamie, to get somebody in here who can at least replace Feliciano's productivity on the offensive line and not be a major step back. Again, that's a win-win. Also, this means Cody Ford is staying at tackle. Hands down, Cody Ford is the starting right tackle this year. I think that's honestly a great development because then we talked about this last week. You don't want to take one position where Cody Ford, honestly, I was doing some research looking at more of the numbers. He wasn't as bad as Bills fans wanted to make him out to be last year. I think it's underrated what he brought to the table on the offensive line. I think that he had some bad games that drew a lot of attention, but he's not this liability. I worried if you moved him to the guard position that you're going to be creating another area of need on a line where you're almost better off letting the guy develop and continue to blossom as a tackle versus putting him back inside. And you're right. This move means that Brian Winters is going to be the entrenched starter at right guard unless Daryl Williams is able to unseat him during training camp and that Cody Ford stays at the tackle position versus being a guard. I was seeing recently, and I, I can't source this, um, but I, I saw a stat that showed the Bills had one of the best running offenses off the right-hand side of the line. And that speaks to Feliciano and Cody Ford. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see that we know that Ford is a, uh, a road grader out there um, and really was the pass protection where he struggled the most. But, you know, if he can do a little better with that and we've got a guy next to him who's pretty good in pass pro himself and Brian Winters, you know, the right right hand side of the line could actually take a step forward this year. So I am not as worried as I once was, which is good, Jamie. We don't want to give you consternations or concerns here heading into the no. regular season because there's so much other shit to worry about that at least, you know, the bills are in good hands with uh, with Bean and McDermott making their decisions out there. Thank you. Thank you for absolving me of my anxiety. <laughs> You are, you are forgiven, my son. Your anxiety has been removed. Place it on us here at Believe. We are here to talk good, bad, and the ugly about your Buffalo Bills week in and week out. And I know, Jamie, I'm looking forward to I think next week we should really roll out our uh, – put the crystal ball on and speculate who's going to make the roster, who are going to be some of your surprise cuts. And it's going to be really hard to make it an impact as one of those like uh, under-the-radar players who – who bursts onto the scene without the benefit of preseason games, but we'll take a stab at coming up with a couple. It's going to be very interesting because it's go it's going to be hard to to argue against their decisions for cuts and keeps because we're not going to get to see the players. How do they stack up against each other? Going to be completely unknown to us. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun when the cutdowns come around. Oh yeah, well, and we'll have some good insight from McDermott as to how the team is trying to evaluate these players without the benefit of the preseason. But that's a little teaser for next week's podcast here on Bill Leave. We want to thank all of our listeners for checking us out, all the members of Bill's Mafia who stopped by for this quick hitting episode of believe we can breathe a sigh of relief all pro corner trey white is back in the mix some fans are idiots for chewing him out on social media but others are great <laughs> yep. others are great for saving the day man i'm glad they came to his defense not that he needed it but that kind of validated a little bit more my my good faith in bills fans on social media and jamie i never question your dedication even for quick podcasts like this man you bring it thank you and thank you for being our fearless leader and doing a great job yet again mr Bacassino. if you want to continue the conversation with us 
you can on Twitter at John Bacassino. That's B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. And you can get a hold of me at the Jamie D'Amico. However you spell my last name, just don't call me late to dinner and have some good topics to talk about here with us because we love to engage with our fans. You can, of course, also comment on our articles on buffalorumblings.com. Jamie, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we will sign off uh, for this week's episode of Bill Leave. We will catch all of Bill's Mafia back here next week as we do our 53-man roster projections and talk about under-the-radar players to watch in training camp and the preseason. For Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino. Have a great weekend. 